0: You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. Hope your week is off to a great start. Kicking off the second half of the show is Marsha T. Danzig. She's founder of Yoga for Amputees. Uh, She's a below-the-knee amputee. She's a cancer survivor, kidney transplant recipient, and it's her birthday. So I'm really excited to have her on right now. Hi there, birthday girl. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Hello. Thanks for calling in. I mean, oh, I'm thrilled. It's, it's really fun. Um, <laughs> I love babies. <laughs> well, you know, you asked me off air, you know, how did I start the show, and the show is called Get the Funk Out, and uh, I lost a friend of mine in 2010. I was in a major funk of my own, and mm. I thought, what am I going to do to get through this t- horrible, you know, depression, sadness, and I came up with the idea of the show, uh, not to not only heal myself, but to have other people share their journeys of things they have been through, challenging them, scaring them, and then possibly opening up new chapters for the best.
1: Right, that's beautiful. What a beautiful
0: gift to give back. Thank you. And so, you know, when I heard about you, I thought, look at you're doing. <laughs> How did you g- get to where you are right now? Well, <laughs> well,
1: I. Uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting to be teaching yoga ever. I uh, was very academic, and I had been donated so we not donated um, <laughs> I donated cancer as a five-year-old, <laughs> and given death rights. And so
0: wait, wait, back up a second. A good, you had yes. um,
1: juvenile cancer. I did. I had bone cancer at five, and oh. it was in the 60s, so it was just a really um, not a great prognosis, but right. I, I made it through, Amazing. and my left leg, which is where the cancer was, was a little shorter than the right and thinner, okay. and so by the time I was about 12, 13, I had a lift in my shoe, and then I had a lift outside my shoe, and I was actually mortified as a young oh. teenage girl. And uh, I was very active. I did ballet and swimming and gymnastics. And then uh, I fell off the balance beam at Mm -hmm. 13, and another lump emerged. And it was the same cancer in the same place, which Uh apparently is somewhat rare. So that time, my dad had just gotten a job in New York, so we were fortunate that I could go to Sloan Kettering and get my treatment. Amazing. I had my education right before we moved. It was a big, you know, high school was not uh, a thrilling. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's an understanding. <laughs> but, it, yeah, it, but being academic really helped me to focus on something. Mm-hmm. And it's just very, very cerebral. So um, after college and all of that, um, I was... Uh, Living in New York at the time, going to get my PhD in France, and amazing. It was wonderful, and then the, the one of the side effects of the cancer treatment uh, was bladder failure, and the bladder <sighs> failure led to kidney failure. Oh no! So I stopped everything, uh, and I really was lost. I didn't know what to do, and uh, had to regroup and. My older sister, who lives in Massachusetts, had uh, uh, two boys and her husband, and she's really into fashion. <laughs> and she just really? kept calling me and saying, can you just please move here already so I can talk about my outfit in public with <laughs> you instead of on the phone. So. <laughs>
0: Wait, let me back up. I did. Wait, one second. <laughs> uh, Marsha, you, you grew
1: up as a child where? I grew up in Albany, New York. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And then I uh, lived in L.A., and in my 20s, I had a sweater company there, a handmade sweater company. Amazing. And sold to Fred Siegel and
0: Wow. Henry Vandell.
1: well. I know. It was just That's crazy. And then it didn't feel meaningful enough to me, so I applied for graduate schools in education. So I went back to um, the East Coast and got a master's at Harvard and then uh, went and lived in France for a year and taught <laughs> English.
0: That's incredible.
1: So it was, it was a big learning curve, you know, I had um, my prosthetic leg, and I didn't have a bladder at the time, I had a, uh, what they call a colostomy, which is a bag outside of your body, Okay, it's connected to your body, yeah. um, kind of like a colostomy, but for, for urine, Got it. and so I, I managed, but again, a lot, of, um, a lot of challenges, because again, it's a time in your 20s, and you want to be blossoming, and yeah. if you're straight, beating a nice man, and all of that, and all that body image stuff was really, really challenging. But
0: but what I hear too is Mm -hmm. you didn't sit around. You, you got out in the world.
1: I did. I did. That's incredible. I didn't sit around.
0: Yeah. Where do you think that comes from? Why do you think you have that strength about you?
1: Uh, well, both of my parents have that. Uh, they are both very, well, my father passed away last year. I'm sorry. Um, no, he's such a, such a sweetheart too. And, uh, my mom is almost 89, and just to give you a heads up, she still substitute teaches. She still wow. teaches music. She still <laughs> runs choirs. Um, I love it. She's very, very active. So that was the model, and my father had um, some health problems in his 50s that were very serious, but he just kept going, and the, both of them had a very positive attitudes about life and... And also longevity runs in my mother's family, for sure. Uh, So there's just a lot of stamina. That's
0: great. Um, That's a gift. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yep. So tell me about uh, Yoga for Amputees. How long have you been doing that?
1: I started Yoga for Amputees officially in 2008. I had been teaching yoga as an amputee since 1997 and was certified in, you know, just a regular yoga traditional yoga program in uh, 1998 and 99 so i just started teaching regular classes but i kept getting inquiries and i have this rule if i hear three times the same question or get the same little clue uh, in a row then that's that's a guide to show me
0: i like you that. know
1: pay attention yes um and so, you know, within, I think, a couple of weeks, three people have written me, like, do you teach T You know? Uh, hello. And I just said, <laughs> okay, I do
0: now. Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: that's the thing. You just have to say yes, and then you'll you figure it
1: out. You have to say yes. Yeah. You have to say yes. And I always know, and I say this to my students, that whatever, whatever the weirdest idea is and the one that comes out of nowhere, that's the one. Oh, and Right. So say yes to it and just see what happens. You know <laughs> it's,
0: you know what, it really makes life a lot more exciting if you just say yes. Even if you've never done it before, you're asked to do something, and you think, oh, my God, that scares me, but I'm going to go for it.
1: Yeah, yep. You know, and I, I know they say that in uh, improv, you know, too. Um, oh, yeah, yes and. <laughs> yes and, yes and. and. And actually, when I was first teaching, I was terrified to speak in front of people, and that's exactly what I did. I went and took improv classes.
0: And I love that. Okay. I can relate to that. I can relate to that. I did voiceover for that reason, and then that led to some improv. Yeah. Okay. Improv is challenging. Did you take? At uh, what wh- what style did you take?
1: Well, the the man. It's an interesting story. This man. He, he I live in Dayton, Ohio now, and he's from this area, and he went to do his course at Citizens Brigade
0: Uptide, uh, in New York.
1: Up, upright. Uptide, yeah, used to be Upright Citizens Brigade. And um, for some weird reason, um, what's Second City, the musician there, the pianist, Trey, something or other, okay. he moved back to Dayton, so he's involved with them. Okay. And it's been uh, an incredible community, you know, um... I love and her. I really, I I took classes with them. I originally took classes with, oh gosh, I can't remember her name. But she was in uh, Cambridge, in Boston. She's very well known in improv, um,
0: like SNL. Mm-hmm. Well known? No, oh. not that well known. Okay. but um, <laughs> well
1: known as a teacher. Oh, okay, well known as a teacher. Yeah, yeah.
0: it's great. Yeah. That's a great uh, thing to do, especially if you're insecure. You know, unsure yourself in front of people.
1: I agree. And, uh, and then it's so natural now. I mean, I'm, I'm known for being really funny while I teach. It's great. Sometimes we're reverent. You know, I try to be as reverent as I can, but, you know, sometimes it comes out. So <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? It's <laughs> so funny. Can
0: yeah. you believe where your life has led you? I mean, in your spare time, you're passionate about flamenco dancing. How did that happen?
1: Well, you know, it's the same kind of weird thing. When I was little... Um, you may remember these. They were Madame Alexander dolls. Um, I, don't remember, I don't remember those. Yeah, yeah they were part? beautiful dolls um, from that represented different countries. And at the time, we were still living in Albany, and my father was uh, doing something in New York, and he brought back this Madame Alexander doll that was Miss Spain. And mm-hmm. I just loved her right away. I felt like I knew her somehow, and... So I've had this kinship with that kind of music and the dance for a long time and I did it um, initially in my 30s in, when I was living in New York and it was definitely challenging because I had a different kind of prosthetic then which was more like, how would I say it, better off just standing there with high heels as a high heel prosthetic than you know having someone carry you like a... Okay. Uh, <laughs> statue <Okay>. on the <laughs> avenue that had actually moved, right. <laughs> but <laughs> I did it, and uh, then this, all these medical things came up, and I came back to it when I moved here, because this woman, amazingly, um, had uh, left Cuba, and then was in Colombia, and then came to... to the Ohio, not an hour from me. So I drive there every week, and some people drive two or three hours and stay there all day. Wow, um, that's a long drive. Yeah, it's really something. And I'm really learning a lot. And when we perform, and I'm also taking Spanish, so a lot of it's in Spanish, which is great.
0: That's amazing. So. <laughs> what else would you like people to know about you?
1: Hmm. Well, I think... Gosh, it's an awful big
0: question. Well, I can narrow it down. Um, yeah, what yeah. advice would you give people that are, you know, struggling? Maybe a similar road that that you're facing, or just are struggling right now, physically, mentally.
1: Yeah. Well, um, you know, I one thing I, I for me is to really get in touch with your inner inner compass, right? Um, and that. Uh, sometimes means getting help from therapists or uh, family members who know and love you and, and aren't projecting themselves on you. Yes. and that goes also for friends. Uh, but I think when you get when you get in touch with your inner compass, uh, it really does guide you and I won't say you have to fight for it sometimes, but it it does seem like... Sometimes it goes against the grain of what um, you're thinking or feeling in your life or experiencing. Sure. And it's, it's, it's important to keep listening. Um, and I know that with you, when you have struggles, emotional struggles and things like that, you, your brain can get really fogged. Absolutely. And, sure. Uh, so meditation, just being able to still the mind and really listen,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think is actually essential. Um, And and to do your best, even if it's hard, do your best not to isolate yourself, Um, whatever that means, um, because that adds to, it it adds to the struggle. Right. Um, And even if it's just to to talk to somebody on the phone or communicate, I know on Facebook there's some really active amputee support groups, and, you know, they're very dedicated to each other and committed to each other. That's right. It's quite moving. Um, you need and that. people who have struggles, you do, you do need it. You need a connection um, with people,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, I do. And I, I you know, I, I don't want to be preaching, but it feels to me like this culture... In fact, I just saw something the other day which really bothered me um, from a yoga therapist, actually, and I think it's a belief. It's very uh, common that, you know your trauma that you had as a child is not your fault, but it's your responsibility to deal with it as an adult. Mm-hmm. And I actually think it's... It, I don't even want to use the word responsibility. I feel like all of us, uh, if you look at yoga as we're all one, um, then your, your life experiences. Um, are also somehow reflecting in somebody else's okay. in some way and sometimes you really just don't have the emotional or physical strength for self responsibility you know mm-hmm. um, sometimes you really need a community and I feel like this is such an individualistic community and society and I right. don't know if other cultures have that same challenge in the same way if that makes sense no. Um, do you, are you
0: saying we're, we're also kind of become uh, isolated
1: in our thoughts? Yeah, lacking? we have. we become yeah. isolated and uh, disconnected. Yes. Uh, and I just don't think that's how humans operate. I really don't.
0: So. Well, I, I always say this, but I really think that cell phones and our obsession with Netflix and chill and, you know, we're not... We're not putting down the technology and and getting out and interacting the way people used to do.
1: Yeah, and it wouldn't actually surprise me from the from a yoga therapy perspective if part of the part of the challenge is that there's all this um, energetic. I won't use energetic, but whatever the 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 waves are that are affecting (laughs) your brain when you're on the computer all the time or when you're on the cell phone a lot are actually. Even creating more of that—I um, don't call it laziness, but lack of enthusiasm sure. to act. Apathy. No. So I think it's yeah. a bit of
0: apathy and motivation. It's, yeah, maybe that's it. Apathy. Yeah, and mm-hmm. yeah lack of motivation. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I agree.
1: So, yeah, it does, and I do think it takes a village. Um, I know. Uh, for me, it's it's my village has been a lot of medical people um, over my entire life. You know, it's not just one person, it's a whole bunch of people that have been hired to keep me alive.
0: It's amazing. Um,
1: Yeah, it is. And I've had some really wonderful physicians and and nurses and therapists along the way. Uh, So I do think there is self-responsibility, that word still feels a little um, too individualistic for me. Somehow, like I think it, it is a responsibility, but it's also um, our gift to be able to support each other right through things. Yeah. Yes,
0: no, I agree. <laughs> but some people just don't know how to get out there, and you know they would rather stay home. You know,
1: it's hard to do. Yeah, yeah it's hard to do, and more and more people uh, are not working in. Uh, companies are working for themselves, or they're working at a company but at home. Right. So there's not a lot of motivation to get out there. Yes. and And of course, you can just order your food in. You can. Um, oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can yes. order your groceries. <laughs> you
0: can. You could do everything <laughs> remotely. Yes.
1: <laughs> you really can. You really can. Um, and I, I'm not, you know, I don't want to really go down that path too much, but yoga is about. Um, Uniting, So there is that concept of uniting with your inner self and your highest self, Um, but there's also the concept of, I think, uniting with humanity and with caretaking of our planet and caretaking of each other. It's a bigger picture. It's a bigger picture. Yeah. I believe that. And I love that it's an individual experience, but it also has this bigger uh, message.
0: Right. I agree. Uh, I have a question for you. Now, you're a yoga specialist, you're an author and a speaker. Uh, Who are some of the, um, you know, like what are the demographics, the audience that you speak to? Do you speak to teens, adults, anybody? Sure.
1: It's been adults um, and uh, interestingly, many women. Um, I've been able to speak to medical groups, which I really like a lot.
0: Okay.
1: And... Uh, spiritual groups seem to be That's interested in, in anything that has to do with resilience. Yoga yoga groups for sure.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would imagine also you could speak to uh kids that have faced similar roads.
1: Yeah, you know, and I I, I have been seeking that out for a while and it hasn't happened yet. Um, so yeah. maybe maybe this year will be the year. My word this year is fruitful. Okay. 57. So, uh, if that's meant to be, it will be. That's um,
0: wonderful. And tell me about your book. (laughs) Tell me about, because you're an author. Yeah,
1: so, there's a few books out there and the the newest one is Yoga for Amputees, The Essential Guide to Finding Wholeness and I wrote it um, last year. I finished it. I should say it took me about four years and It's really, I I think of it as a yoga bible for people who have limb loss and for people who work with people who have limb loss. And so it really dives into the meaning and depths of yoga and also looks at the techniques that yoga offers and how they can be um, adapted to amputees and how amputees can benefit from the deeper practices of yoga and how that can help them uh, heal and bring them back to a sense of wholeness after the grief of limb loss.
0: That's amazing.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I'm really, really proud of it.
0: It's gotten good reviews. Oh, well, good. <laughs> so, and I was going to ask you, where can people find out more about the book and you?
1: Sure. So there is, uh, the book is on Amazon and that's the Barnes & Noble site. And if they want a signed copy, they can email me. <laughs> from my website, and uh, my website is yogaforamputees.com, and there's a ton of resources, videos and uh, handouts. Oh, great. Just a ton of free and then a few charge <laughs> <charged> pieces.
0: <laughs> Sounds great. Well, I want to
1: thank you so much for calling
0: in, and uh, if you're ever on, uh, you. uh, ever on the West Coast, I'd love to get together with
1: you. I would love that, too. I've been finding that these radio interviews, I'm developing these connections, and then when I go to them, I can actually
0: meet them in person. (laughs) That would be great. I'd love that. Oh, thank you. And happy birthday. Thank you so much for asking. Happy birthday. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Marcia, for calling in. Okay. Have a great day. Take care, Jania. You too. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. That was Marcia Danzig. She's founder of Yoga for Amputees. And uh, if you missed any part of this, all the info is on my show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And if you want to find out about being a guest on my show, all you have to do is shoot me an email to Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, at kuci.org. I want to mention we are on Twitter, at KUCIFM. We're on Instagram, KUCIFM. We're on Facebook. KUCI889 uh, Tumblr blog.kuci.org and our website is www.kuci.org and all of the um, conversations I had this morning will be up on my show blog within an hour after I wrap which is coming up within about 5-6 mi- minutes when Sheldon Abbott is going to take over with Cure for the Blues so stand by for that I hope uh, your Monday is off to a great start and I'll be back next week You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Nervine.